7 o'clock. How are you doing this morning, Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios? Your most trusted name in automobiles. Here's a one about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. We have a lot to get to. Broncos season ending presser yesterday. Okay, uh, three things. Mm-hmm. The uh, asking to defer money had nothing to do with the benching. Sure. Whatever. The Broncos are, well, George Payton, happy with the progress Denver made this season. Okay. They, they won eight games. That's mm-hmm. that's something. Also, that uh, looks like they're still working on plans for a new stadium. And they put all the money into Brownfield a Mile High oh. and Russ. And, but it looks like that's still going through the process, according to Greg Penner. And uh, there will be new uniforms. We just don't know when that's going to be or what they're going to look like. And to me, the biggest load of BS was, well, Sean Payton had no idea we were doing this with the rust to go like, what? And then they've said that from the jump. Stop. And it's, yes, he did. It's like, stop that. Yes, he did. It's like, you would not, if you're George Payton, get two questions about your job security because of how Sean Payton is all involved, if he wasn't involved. Exactly. And there wouldn't be reports of, well, George Payton's job's safe for now because of the relationship he has with Sean Payton. Because if George Payton was doing such a whiz-bang, awesome job, Mm -hmm. would it matter what his relationship with Sean Payton is? And let's not conflate the two. The media in Denver is a little soft on the Broncos. They're not stupid. Yeah, they might be. They might throw you a softball occasionally. They're smart enough to know that Sean Payton is going to cut off their access and then, therefore, their livelihood if they're, you know, critical. Well, our 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 Broncos insider, our Mm -hmm. friend Cody Rourke, He's he's critical to a point, but then he's also in the same boat. It's like, if I crack on him too much, yeah, then I'm not going to have access. No, and access and that's is light- what they are being paid for. So, yes. like, there is real concern. Not It's not huge concern. It's down the list. But, like, being too hard on the Broncos in Denver with Sean Payton in control now could cost you your job at some point because... If you don't have the access, what are we paying you for? If you can't talk to right. players and you you can't talk to staff, then you're you're pretty worthless. Yeah. In so our world. I get it to a point, but also they're not dumb. So that to to bring it back to my original point, like them asking that Sean and George Payton about their working relationship goes to show you that if they're comfortable enough to ask those sorts of questions and not have Sean's security pick them up and throw them out, a la Eddie Murphy and Beverly Hills Cop, like, there's got to be some there there, right? Well, we keep hearing, and even Cody has said, and the relationship's pretty good between Peyton with a Y and Peyton with a T. But, but it is, can also be pretty good but if George it? Peyton knows his role. Right, if George Peyton's willing to be... Here's what. Here's right. stay in your lane, George. This is what you do. You uh, you go out and get coffee and donuts for everybody on Monday, yeah. 
and or, or you have you have some of your one of your staffers go do it. Yeah. And make sure Sean's car is washed every Tuesday. George is like the Brooklyn brawler, and Sean Payton is like the rock. Know your role and shut your mouth. Exactly. Everybody plays a role here. Yeah. And until the Broncos decide that Sean Payton, until the ownership, Rob Walton, Greg Penner, they decide that, that Sean Payton was a bad fit, it's going to be Sean. It's Sean Payton's world. This is his show. We're this is his show. And George Payton knows that. And so we'll see where this all, all goes. But yesterday, I mean, we didn't get any real great revelations as we didn't expect to yesterday. We weren't going to, really, yeah. You know, George Payton talked about Patrick Sertan because he's up for an extension this offseason. And we talked about, I believe, yesterday uh, or the other day about I mean, he could be he could end up on the open market twenty four million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. It's one of the better corners in the league. Denver already has cap issues with the Russ situation. And then here's the one. Okay, here's the thing. Okay, this is we're probably burying the lead a little bit here on some of this. That the door is still open for Russell Wilson to stay in Denver. That there's you know, that's it's not a done deal yet. That was the that was one of the vibes we got from the conference the press conference yesterday. Well, it's not, it's, not, it's not like it's over. We're going to make a decision soon. Well, you want to hear? Okay, I'll go ahead and play the George, the uh, Sean Payton clip. Mm-hmm. This is the clip because that was one of the things I read that, well, the comments made yesterday were that it's not necessarily over with Russ and, and the Broncos. And I'm going, really? Yeah. Really? Who's What weed are you smoking, yeah. guys? Yeah, it's over. Okay, this is this is Sean Payton yesterday on on the Russell Wilson situation. There's so many things that go into a decision specific to the quarterback, which is significant, obviously. So it's too early at all. I, I, I spent half an hour with Russ yesterday. I told him, I said, look, you know, I don't think it's going to be a long, drawn-out process, but but it hasn't been decided relative to what our plans are. Okay, what what says this says the door is open for Wilson to return? Is it? And but I take that long drawn out process. We're gonna make we're gonna decide either we can trade you if possible, we can get somebody dumb enough to take you mm-hmm. with your price tag, or we're gonna release you. That's what that's what we're working on. I, I this the door is open. This is really the door is open strictly to facilitate the trade. Because if other teams think that, well, he may be going back, they're going to be less likely or they're going to be more likely to cough up trade capital. Absolutely. If they think that, well, you know what? He's just going to get released here in two weeks. Then they're not, nobody's in their right mind is going to be like, yeah, you know what? Let's pony up. Let's pony up some draft capital to get Russ. Okay. George Payton is the one who said the door is open for Mm. Russ to stay. Does he? (laughs) Did he ask Sean? Yeah. If that's, if did that's he ask okay the guy who's say? really in charge? If did he ask his boss yeah. if that's what he should be saying? Yes, his boss Sean Payton. It's George Payton says the door is still open. Hmm. Is it? I I'm certainly... what Sean Payton didn't say is the half hour he spent with Russ was when <laughs> Russ was cleaning out his locker. <laughs> yeah, I, I just when I I stood there and watched <laughs> him because security was too busy having George Payton file paperwork. So I so I better uh, better keep an yeah. eye on him. I, fi- I find that laughable. How how do you fix this relationship? How Say, dumb do you think people are? 
No kidding. You benched him the last two games. After uh, violating uh, the CBA to try after, to get him to remove his after, injury. Yeah, yeah, after allegedly threatening him because he didn't, his agent Mark Rogers didn't want to defer money on his injury guarantee. <laughs> so you, you, you allegedly, once again, we have to, allegedly mm-hmm. threatened him. And then you bench him, which well, had nothing to do with that. That was a Sean Payton decision. And Sean had no idea what was going. Oh, geez. Yeah. Stop it. Stop it. It's strange. When you take a look at the AFC West, there's a perennial Super Bowl contender. There's a franchise with a young quarterback and a bright future and a team moving in positive momentum and the Broncos. And the Broncos. Which is strangely not historically the case. Usually they're one of those three. They're none of those three right now. Yeah. I don't have a whole lot of positive vibes for the rest of the Sean Payton era right at this point. It's hard to do that. It's it's really hard when you when you have this mess going on. Mm-hmm. Let's say the Broncos go out and they, they finish with, say they beat the Raiders Sunday, and they win nine games, and Russ is the starting quarterback, and Russ plays like he kind of has. Yeah. Then you kind of feel like, okay, it wasn't great, it wasn't perfect, and it was disappointing they didn't make the playoffs. But, man, after going 1-5, the way they turned it around, that, okay, we're something to build on. And has all, all the lack of confidence has everything to do with the Russell Wilson situation mm-hmm. right now. Now, if you hadn't invested $8 gajillion in him, it might be different. You might be like, yeah, it hasn't worked out. It hasn't been what we thought. Right. But, the, but the price tag's low. We can walk away with a with a, just a slight ding in our cap space and dead money. But that's not the case here. And if he, if he was just dreadful, if he was just absolutely dreadful, mm-hmm. he hasn't been, even those who don't like Wilson can't say he's been absolutely dreadful. He's been horrible. He's not. Yeah. And, and, and now because of this, this circumstance, as a Broncos fan, you go, feel, feels, feels eerily similar to the way it's felt the last couple of years. With no direction, no answer at quarterback now, again. And don't, George Payton, do not give me this. The door is still open. The door is not open. I know you feel like you have to say that right now because of the things you outlined. Well, it's Jan Stenford might keep him. You never know. We might need need to trade for him. He led us to a 500 record. We we might end up having to get rid of him. You know, and so we may just keep him. No. But Uh, we got to tell everybody else in the league we might, so we maybe can get some draft stock out of him. And I just, like, even at eight and nine, there was some, there was yeah. positive momentum three yeah. days ago. Yeah. It's like, you know what? Eight and nine, that's not great. Wish it could have been better, but it, starting on a one and five start, losing to the commanders and Jets at home. Losing three games by six points. Yeah. It's like, you know what? Okay, maybe there's some. And then all of a sudden it's, and even before the last two games, we bench Russ. Now there's, you know, the coach and GM asking him to alter his injury guarantee, and he doesn't, then they threaten to bench him, which is a CBA violation, which gets you in hot water with the league. You just got your first-round draft pick You got admonished by the league for according to reports. And so, like, the last three days, especially then the rest benching, too. So 
the positive momentum's kind of been stamped been out by everybody out. talking. Yeah, it's it's sucked. It's totally been sucked out of the room. Like we all know, none of us are dumb enough to take it face value. Well, Sean Payton's not in any of these discussions. Are you serious? Really, that guy? That guy's not going to participate. He's not. Mm-hmm. He or he's not going to know anything that's going right. on. I I throw the BS flag on that. Who do you think is coaching this team? Way. Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> He's like, is he mad at right. I don't need to know. The I don't need to know what's going on. The only time he was in George Payton's office was to get fired. <laughs> so, like, I'm just... They opened their mouths yesterday, and it's like, okay, all this positive... All the positive momentum is gone. Because they just don't... None of them seem to be on the same page. And you feel like you're just being lied to. Yeah. You are, because you are being lied to. Yeah. Because they, they have to lie. They can't tell the truth here. Right. Well, yeah, we did. We threatened to bench him because he wouldn't defer his injury guarantee. Can't do that. Because yeah, the NFLPA is going to come after you hard. They have put themselves in a bad spot. <laughs> you like to think Sean Payton's a bright guy. George Payton as well. Greg Penner's not a dummy. Mm-mm. But, man, they certainly look dishonest, and they certainly look less than competent. And how this is all played out. I can't I can't find a way to trust anything they say. And I feel bad for Russell Wilson on this thing. He did what yeah. he was asked to do this year. Play better football. He he kept his brand team away. He kept all those distractions away. And I feel bad for the guy. I do. He wanted to go to Denver. He thought it was going to be the storybook thing going mm-hmm. back to a city that he really going to a city that he really loved and drafted by the Rockies and and just wanted to be to be part of the Broncos legacy. Yeah. That includes John Elway, Peyton Manning. And now it's <laughs> they they crapped all over that. All right, it is a wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. Chance won a bottle of Talon Wine today. Quick wine from me. I'm on kitchen duty this week. Oh. I go in. I go in. Uh huh. There's a coffee cup sitting in the sink, right next to the dishwasher. Which dishwasher is mm-hmm. ready for dirty dishes? Has the little thing, the little magnetic thing. Yeah. It it's just going to kill you to take that cup, the less than a foot away that the dishwasher is, and put it in the dishwasher. That's going to kill you to do that. Really? They might. Uh, they might be in a very precarious medical state. <laughs> Barely so, that that coffee cup is going to cost me to throw out their back or some kind of injury. You know what it is? It's the list right there of, oh, that, that's not my name. Conk, conk. Into the sink. It's like, come on, man. Come on. It was clean. Mm-hmm. All right, I get it. That's on me. I have to go empty it, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. I'm, I'm fine with that. But when it's dirty and it says dirty on the thing and there, was, mm-hmm. there wasn't a, I think there was maybe one cup in the thing. You can't figure that out? You can't put that there? Come on, man. Come on. Breathing's hard. Barely so. Effort. Yeah. Effort's hard. Takes effort to Have lift effort. that cup yep. up, open up the lid of the dishwasher, and put it in the rack. Effort takes effort. <laughs> All right. It is 7.15. Time for... What's happening? And it's brought to you by ComWest, your technology partner. They help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. One call, one team, one goal, helping your business grow and meeting your IT needs 
with network support, cybersecurity, PC and service support. They can also help you by installing surveillance cameras and a new business phone system like they did for us here at the radio station. Call them today at ComWest, 970-242-8142 or go to ComWestCorp.com. All right, uh, yesterday, the uh, Broncos Brass meeting with the media. Coach Sean Payton, General Manager George Payton, and owner and CEO Greg Pinner speaking to the media in the joint season-ending press conference. The subject of quarterback Russell Wilson's benching was the first question asked to GM George Payton. There's been speculation that Payton asked Wilson's agent to defer guaranteed money or deferred uh, injury guarantee money. And when Wilson refused, the quarterback was benched for the final two games. This was a football decision made by Sean, what he thought was in the best interest of the team. This was completely independent of any conversations I had uh, with the agent. Again, it was a football decision uh, made by Sean. More on that and around the NFL coming up top of next hour. Peyton says he's pleased with the progress the Broncos made as Denver gets ready for the upcoming NFL draft. Other NFL news, Tennessee firing coach Mike Vrabel. He joins former Atlanta coach Arthur Smith and Washington coach Ron Rivera on the unemployment line. Nuggets in action tonight in Utah on the Team Sports Network with pregame at 7.30 for that one. The 17th-ranked Colorado State men's basketball team dropped their second straight game and losing Monday at Boise State. 65, they're losing Tuesday at Boise State, excuse me, 65-58. The Rams struggled from three-point range. They went four for 16 from three-point range. Isaiah Stevens paced CSU with 15 points. The Rams fall to 13-3 and three and 1-2 and in the Mountain West. The Broncos' Omar Stanley scored 17 points as Boise State improves to 11-4 and four and 2-0 and oh in conference play. In high school sports, Christina Manzanares has 25 points, led the Central Girls basketball team to a 51-42 win over Montrose Tuesday night on Central's home floor. Warriors coach Mary Doan says she's come to expect good things in the second half from Manzanares. She is a second half kid. If you look at her stats, uh, her third quarters and fourth quarters are always better than her first and second. So, you know, if she has a great first and second, then we're excited about that because she just she just comes out of locker room better, which is nice. Warriors improved to 3-8. and eight. They're 1-0 to start Southwestern League play. Montrose drops to 7-3, and 0-1. In league, Cam Redding's 14-point night helped the Central boys get their first league win of the year and a 43-31 victory over Montrose. The Warriors' defense held the Redhawks to a season-low 31 points. Warriors coach John Sedanich was proud of how tough Redding was taking charge as a defender and scoring as well. I think three charges for Cam. Even when he turns it over, you know, he's the first guy back. And, you know, he really is kind of the heart of our team, keeps us going. And he's attacking and getting his teammates involved. And just a great team effort, I thought, tonight. The win improves Central to 6-5. and five. The Redhawks lose their first game of the season. They're now 9-1. and one. Central has to go Springs in the 13th. Montrose plays a Palisade coming up this Friday. And that's a look at... What's happening? Brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner. If you need IT help today, call ComWest, 970-242-8142, or go to ComWestCorp.com. All right, coming up next, uh, we'll check in with the Caprock Academy Eagles girls basketball team and also Caprock Sports in general with uh, girls basketball coach and athletic director Dan Salazar. That's coming up next on the Jim Davis Show on the team. Sports Network. Yeah, I think they're like the best on the radio. At least at the pro level, the best of the best. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, 722. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, most trusted name in automobiles. All right, uh, on the team line today, if you've got some thoughts, I was going to throw this out there earlier, and we got to talk about the Broncos, and you can give us some thoughts about some of the uh, the comments made yesterday at the Broncos presser. Let's start with something simple. New uniforms. 
are you excited if they come out with some different unis? Because that's something that people always have certainly an mm-hmm. opinion about. Would you like to see like the, the snow-capped mountain helmets, the white helmets? Would you like to see that become the permanent helmet for the Broncos? Because they said that new uniforms are are going to happen. They're coming. They're on we, the way. We don't know when that's going to be, though. So if you got some thoughts on that today, uh, you can uh, offer them up on the team line. That's 970-242-1340. All right, joining us right now, Dan Salazar. He's the head uh, girls basketball coach for Caprock Academy. He's also the school's athletic director. Dan, I appreciate the time. Happy New Year, sir. Happy New Year to you. Thanks for having me on. Lots of things going on with uh, with Cap Rock Academy, and let's. But before we talk about your girls' basketball team and 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 the boys as well, uh, let's start with the hockey team. First year, of course, as sure. a JV program, and play as a JV program this year. A varsity program next year. Of course, the partnership with River City Sportplex, and and uh, it's been a, a blast. Uh, uh, you know, charting the progress of of this uh, new endeavor, first ever high, you know, high school hockey program in the Grand Valley. How are things going right now for the Caprock Academy Eagles JV team? Uh, things are going really good. You know, we're uh, roughly halfway through the season as far as our number of games go. I feel like uh, Coach Wilkins is doing a great job bringing the team together. Um, we're having, you know, I think we're having pretty good success on the ice. Um, I think the kids really, you know, uh, realize the opportunity they have and they're doing everything they can to take advantage of it. For you as the athletic director, what's been maybe some things you've learned, Dan, over this course of time? I mean, there was the, all the fundraising that had to go on to get this even off the ground. But what are some things that you've kind of uh, learned along the way and maybe things that, hey, when we go into next year, we're maybe going to try to do that differently. Do you have some of those things that uh, that have, uh, that you've learned and, uh, and kind of uh, uh, developed some different ideas for next season? Uh, I think, you know, the biggest takeaway for me is uh, getting, you know, very intimately acquainted with uh, the hockey community here in the Grand Valley and just how passionate uh, a group of people um, really pushes for, you know, hockey here in Grand Junction. Um, the parents of these kids, uh, the people over at River City, uh, you know, certainly Jackson, um, they've just been so you know, wonderful to work with, open, supportive, um, anything I ask or need, they're volunteering. They're asking if they, they're coming up with ideas and saying, hey, can I do this even before I think of it? Um, so to me, that uh, growth of relationship is, is uh, the most wonderful thing that's come out of it. Um, seeing the kids um, take to the ice, take to what Coach Lyle brings um, has been wonderful as well. Uh, as far as next year, I think, you know, we just have to continue to play hard, see how this plays out, and uh, see how we can, you know, flip the switch to go varsity next year or not. Of course, sir, yeah, that, that's, not a, that's not a given, we should say, that they're going to be a varsity program. It's kind of leaning that way. I know that's, that's the, the trajectory that everybody would like to see it go, but there could be another season of, of JV hockey potentially. Uh, we're talking with Dan Salazar. He's Caprock Academy's uh, athletic director and also girls basketball coach and i would still think you know one final thing on on the hockey program dan fundraising because of the cost of it is such a huge thing we've talked about that before and i noticed that the grand junction lions club with their upcoming uh, carnival and, and raffle and all those things that your hockey program is one of the, the beneficiaries this year of some of those funds so it's it's nice when you get local entities like the lions club to to help uh, offset some of those costs with some of 
the things that they do, uh, providing uh, money to, to different uh, organizations and, and sports uh, teams like the Caprock Academy Eagles hockey team? Oh, absolutely. The people over at the Lions, Lions Club are wonderful. Um, you know, jumping in and helping out, being responsive to, you know, this brand-new program. Um, very Again, very open and communicative and just, like, wanting to support these kids. So, Dan, as we mentioned, you're also the, the Caprock Academy Eagles girls basketball coach. Uh, right now, you're one and own the 2A, 1A Western Slope League, 5-3 uh, and three overall. And, and for your basketball team, um, last game you had out was uh, back uh, December 16th against Vail Christian, picking up a win there. You got uh, Vail Christian coming up uh, on Friday. So, uh, back-to-back games against Vail Christian, one before the break, and now one to start out uh, the second half of the season. Yeah, you know... Uh, in one way, it's kind of weird to have them back-to-back, but in another way, it's kind of nice because uh, you get very, you know, uh, close and acquainted with who they are and what they're trying to run. It's a little bit different than it was last year because they graduated one of their better seniors. Um, but it was a hard-fought game. Um, so we're looking for a really good game coming up this Friday. And then uh, next week, we've got a couple more big games where we've got to play Rangeley, who's having a humongous season, and then Sirocco, who's always really tough. Right now, you look at your basketball team. Uh, the, the scoring is really, really balanced for your team. Uh, Paige Moore is scoring about you know 6.4 points per basketball game. But uh, you know you, you look uh, up and down your lineup uh, with uh, Sarah Ray. She's at 4.3 points per game. You also have uh, Mercedes Garcia. She's a little, uh, little under 3.5 points per game. It's just, a, a, like I said, a, a lot of balanced scoring for your Eagles girls team this season. You don't have that one real dominant player. Yeah, you know, last year we had Brooke who could go off for 20 in any game, and this year it's like Paige, like you mentioned, or Sarai, or uh, we've got a couple of sophomores, uh, uh, Taylor Phillips and Katie Ripshire, who could, uh, you know, Ileana Klein is another one that you didn't mention. But any of these girls could get 10 to 15 every night, and, you know, if I can get two of them to both get that, then we'll be in the 40s or 50s. Uh, having that balanced scoring really brings a different look to us. Uh, teams aren't able to, you know, box and want us or really key their defense to one player because it could be any of them. And then flip it over to the boys' basketball team. Uh, they've, you know, in the past have had tremendous success. They they've made it to the uh, the one A state tournament previously. Right now they're they're two and five on the season, and um, they have uh, Vail Mountain uh, coming up uh, on Thursday. So uh, girls have uh, that, that matchup on Friday, and then the boys on on Thursday. Kind of take us through the the season so far for the the, the Caprock Academy boys basketball team. I think really, you know, Coach Van Schaik does a good job of of keeping the the ship really steady and keeping the boys moving forward. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's different every year for him, and we've had some bumps this year. Um, and getting you know some of them to step up and take those leadership roles, I think he's getting that you know sorted out as we come out of Christmas. Alex Spin, who's led the way, 6.6 points per basketball game uh, per game for Coach uh, Tim Van Schaik over at uh, with the Caprock Academy Eagles. Hey, Dan, I always appreciate the time, and uh, we'll, of course we'll, we'll get back uh, with you again and have you come on talk about what's going on with the Eagles and and uh, how those programs continue to grow uh, uh, over at your place. We always appreciate the time, and, and best of luck uh, coming up this uh, Thursday and Friday with the uh, games for the boys and the girls. Hey, thank you so much. It's always nice to be on. All right, take care, Dan. Appreciate it. Dan Salazar, the athletic director and the head girls basketball coach at Caprock Academy. So uh, we've spent a lot of our focus on 
on the area teams in Caprock Academy. Certainly one of those area teams that uh, continues to grow their cross-country team. The girls' cross-country team has had some outstanding success. And then, as mentioned with Tim Van Schaik and the boys' basketball team, uh, they've been to a, a couple of state tournaments. So uh, some success there as well with uh, Caprock Academy. All right, 731, Jim along with the Buckeye boy. You can uh, text or call us on the team line today. 970-242-1340 can win a bottle of wine today from Talon Wine. It is a wine about a Wednesday on the program, so uh, there's something you want to complain about. It can be from your daily life or complain about the Broncos. You can do that, too. Got one from the, the take out of the microwave this morning from Butchie. In my absolutely humble opinion, the Broncos don't need to trade up in the draft. They should be able to get a good quarterback prospect where they sit. Penix... Bo Nix, whoever, at number 12. He would think so, though one of those guys would slip there, slip down to that spot. But is that truly the answer for the Broncos? Because it feels like it's a team that still has an awful lot of needs. So we had to play opposite Patrick Sertan. What about Patrick Sertan? What does his future look like now that he's up for an extension? Mm -hmm. What does that look like? For the Broncos, are you smart to trade Patrick Sertan? Would that be a smart move? I'm not saying it would be, but would it be a smart move if you try to trade Sertan, add draft picks? Because he's he has value, and you trade him only because you're not going to be able to afford him down the road, potentially. You only have six picks, too. And you have... Now, Sean Payton has only had one draft under his belt with the Broncos. You don't have a track record of successfully drafting pick after pick after pick. No. You got a couple, three guys. Yep. You know, but you you have, at best, as many hits as misses. So do you try to get more scratch tickets, as they say, lottery tickets for the draft, for some guys that are going to cost you money? Patrick Sertan's not going to want to be outside the top five in cornerbacks paid. Uh, nor should he be nor okay with that. Nor should he be paid yeah. that. So, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't, I hate to just say, you know, let's move on and, you know, moneyball this a little bit, but. But you have to start thinking about those things. You have to things. kind of start thinking about that because. Too many of these contracts, you're going to be hamstrung more than you already are because you got to figure out Russ first. And if Russ is still going to be on your books for the next two years going forward with dead money, then you're going to kind of be over a barrel with some of your other high-priced talent. And that right now begins with Patrick Sertan. Mm -hmm. And the extension, like I said, the numbers right now, 22 to $24 million a year is what he could bring on the market yeah. as a free agent. I mean, you have $154 million on the books for next year, 2025 already, with some of the guys you have signed, namely Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton at $17 million each of the next two years. Your offensive line is very expensive. Next year, you have... $53 million tied up between your two tackles and Ben Powers? 
and there's been some speculation the Broncos could walk from Bowles, though mm-hmm. when we talked yesterday with, with Cody Rourke, Bowles really hasn't been the problem this year. No. McGlinchey's been very inconsistent. Miners has probably been their best offensive lineman. It feels mm-hmm. it feels like Lloyd Cushenberry has made progress. But the and the offensive line for the most part has stayed intact yeah. together with the exception of Cam Fleming starting for McGlinchey on Sunday. But still, you're not seeing the progress there. No. And the rushing attack, which which quickly disappeared after the 169 yards against the Browns, mm-hmm. they they were among the, the bottom half of the league the last five weeks of the season running the football. Right. And Garrett Foles isn't the problem, but is he not the problem enough for $20 million? That's and see, and that's where lies the, the answer. Can, can you get as good or better than at that spot, mm-hmm. free agency, whatever, and pay less. It's just a couple bucks under $32 million for Zach Allen and DJ Jones combined. You know, that's a lot of money for those two guys. Zach Allen at 19, DJ Jones at 12.9. Justin Simmons at 18 and a quarter. You know, that's... You have a lot of money allocated to guys that really aren't Pulling their weight. DJ Jones has been okay in terms of a run stopper, and Zach Allen. Almost I think thirteen million. Yeah, that's mm. yeah. Can you can you find once again? Can you find somebody cheaper? Cheaper that's close. Mm-hmm. You that gives you can. gives you similar production. Probably so. And these are the decisions they're going to have to make. Mm-hmm. But they created such a problem with with how they've handled the Russell Wilson situation. Yeah. In, in terms of from the jump, the extension, once again, the trade, you can you can eventually live with what you had to mm-hmm. what you had to do to get him. But you could have benched him this year for the last two weeks of the Seattle contract he came over on. Yes. And it would have been like, you know what? That was the money we had to take on. That is what it is. You've done this to yourself. Because you got excited. You hey, we've got Russell Wilson. And we want him that's to stay right. here. For, you know, we wanted him to stay longer than the two years. And so let's get a deal done now because, hey, if he plays well, mm-hmm. we might have to overpay. And in some ways, that made a lot of sense. It, it did make some sense. It was but, a gamble, and it didn't work out. And it didn't work out. And so now you've got yourself in a spot where what do you do with that contract? You're, you're, you're not going to be able to wiggle your way out of all of that. All that, all that dead money, you're not going to be able to just you have to eat a lot of it. You have to eat a lot of it. And are you going to find a taker in a trade to eat some of that? <laughs> Probably not. No. I'm not going to say no way, no how, but the chances are slim and none, and and Slim got on the bus and left town. I mean, it's it's highly unlikely anybody's going to do the that. The guy that usually will do this for you is no longer the owner of the commanders. Yes. <laughs> so... <laughs> That is the one usefulness he provided to the rest of the NFL was just assembling expensive veterans. Or Ursay that, that took on all the Wince money. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're just not going to... That situation doesn't happen very often. He's already often. got two good quarterbacks, Jim Ursay. It's not going to... He's not going to yeah. not bring in some. He's going to have a quarterback exodus too. And so if you're Denver to this whole... The door is open. How is the door open after how this... Wilson feels disrespected. 
How is the door open? How is the door open for him to stay? You embarrassed him by benching him the last two weeks and making it sound like he was the problem. Mm-hmm. He's why they weren't winning. N- nobody is going to be okay with that. Nobody's going to go, I know bygones. Stuff yeah. happens. People make this bad decisions. It's okay, Sean, George. It's all right. And Russ holds all the leverage. Yes, he does. He's got a no just, trade clause. Just show up to work. It just I'm just going to be here until you do something. Yeah. Until until you decide to release me or you're just going to keep me. Mm-hmm. Trade-wise, unless it's someplace that I really, really want to. But then again, even if it's a place he really wants to go to, like Derek Carr, why do the Broncos a favor? They and his, and in your mind is Russell Wilson, they did wrong by you. Why would I do them yep. a favor? Why would I do them a favor by getting them, number one, somebody maybe taking on some of the money, takes mm-hmm. pressure off the Broncos' books, and they get assets for him, draft picks, player, whatever. Why would why? I hamstring my new team? And, and, you know, and why would I do the team that I feel like just did me wrong? Why would I do them a favor? I mean, it's, I to, me, it's start, to me, it starts right there. It's not even with the new team. That is part of it, and you're, you're mm-hmm. right. That's not incorrect. But it starts with, why do I want to do these guys a favor? Yeah. They I'm benched me the last two weeks. At all. They benched me the last two weeks. When I had a much better season than the, year, uh, than the season I had the year before, why would I do them a favor? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the Derek Carr thing. Why, why would he do them a favor? He didn't. They released him, and he went to the Saints, and, and it... And it all, you know, somewhat has worked out. Hasn't been perfect for Derek Carr in his first year in New Orleans. It's been a little Russell Wilson-ish for Derek Carr. Yeah. Kind of like Russ's last year being Carr's first year with the Saints. But there's a lot of of other issues that are in New Orleans right now. Yeah, exactly. But I just, the doors open comment from George Payton just, no, it's not. No, it's not. 741. Got some thoughts today. Text or call us on the team line, 970-242-1341, about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. Well, why don't you cry about it? Anything you need to get off your chest today? It's pretty solid today. Okay, good. Good. Very good. All right. uh, Let's get to sound check. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Well, you mentioned the New Orleans Saints and Derek Carr. Derek Carr did not play at the very end of the Saints' blowout against Atlanta, but Jameis Winston did. Oh, yes. And This was on, our good call, bad call for Monday. Yes, but Monday on the Team Sports Network, Dan Patrick had former uh, quarterback in the NFL, Tim Hasselbeck, on. And after, after a humorous exchange about Tim Hasselbeck's uh, quote unquote career. It got to Jameis Winston, and pretty much Jameis Winston is the new Ricky Henderson. All right, explain this to me. You being a backup quarterback for most of your career, you're in a game, victory formation. Yeah, that was really, really, hey, that was really nice. <laughs> it was all of my career. I know. Oh, I was trying, hey, I was trying hey, to be respectful. Hey. Golly, that you like turned over a new leaf in 2024. <laughs> like, very, really soft with Hasselbeck. My here. bad, my bad. Not only was I a career back, like in my own family, I'm back a quarterback. Explain to me, Jameis Winston goes in, victory formation, 
How does that work? Well, I mean, the way it works is they send in, Pete Carmichael Jr. sends in, hey, you know, victory, and that's what you should do. And Jameis being one of one, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's very nice on your part there, a one of one. You know, New Year's resolution, you're being nice too. One of one, okay. And in fairness... How Jameis came into the league versus how a backup quarterback <laughs> like myself came into the league, I would have knelt the ball down. And Jameis, probably maybe with a little more creativity and willingness to take a chance, saying, what? hey, look, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> and truth be told, on the timing of it, um, there's no way that was a team consensus. I just love Creativity? There's, there's two different ways Tim Hasselbeck calls him a lunatic. He's one of one. It's one of one. And his creativity. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, Timmy Assel back there. It's like, you know, the creativity. Yeah. It's like. No, he's you, he's a lunatic. <laughs> We're going to eat this W. <laughs> Remember that from James Winston? Yes. <laughs> We're going to go get a W. We're going to eat it. Nom, 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 nom. What? Guys. Just, I'm going to go to the Publix and get some crab legs. Yeah, he's absolutely bonkers, and it's okay uh, to say that. Uh, Tim trying to be nice, though. Uh, he's one of one. Well, that's the truth, I guess. As my late mother would say, it's nice to be one of the nice. Yeah. So. Uh, Good job. I did one, love the. I'm one not, of I'm, one. I'm still the backup quarterback in my own family. <laughs> I love it. That was pretty good. <laughs> he did take one thing that, that I used to, like, people, ones of two showed up mm-hmm. doing a vid. Yeah. But, yeah, what? He was one, one of, of one. one. One of one it's of that just a thing. way of saying he's totally unique, <laughs> but saying it in a nice way. In a nice way. All right. Uh, the, the Hasselbeck boys, they're nice boys. Yeah, they're good boys. They're good boys. All right, 745 uh, last night, uh, both Central basketball teams uh, pulling up big wins in their home floor against Montrose. We'll have some of the sound uh, from that coming up next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network online at theteam1340.com. Cuckoo, loony, and crazy. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, 748. Jim along with the Buckeye boy. It's pretty sad when a uniform change might be the most exciting thing about the Broncos <laughs> coming up in recent years in, in, the, in the near future. Uh, Hopefully they don't do the cheerleader all-star team team nickname down the side of the pants like the Browns did a few years ago. Yeah. Oh, that, that was a bad look. That was a bad look. Um, Should put Broncos on one leg. Let's ride on the other. <laughs> and then trade Russell Wilson. Hilarious. <laughs> Trademark the phrase. Trademark the phrase and then and then ship trade. Him out of town. And then ship him out of town. Uh, Bird Dog over at Bird Family Insurance. They're at first and grand. Mm-hmm. Morning. Uh, how much of the Broncos troubles go back when L.A. passed on Josh Allen. You could all say when Denver passed on Kyle Shanahan. There, there's, there's a lot of different <laughs> they things. They passed on a lot of people. There's a lot of different things. Yeah. Say, yeah, that's... They would have, wouldn't have passed on, fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Things might be different. All right, last night uh, we had our uh, first basketball games of uh, 2024. Central basketball teams playing host to Montrose last night. Uh, Montrose girls uh, entered the game 7-2. and two. Central girls... They were uh, two and seven on the season, and excuse me, two excuse me, uh, two and eight on the season, and so last night uh, Central gets it done. Christina Manzanares twenty five points 
delayed Central past Montrose. 51-42 to after the game. Uh, Tyler Franson had the call on both of them last night. He talked with Central Girls coach Mary Doan. Next couple of days I'm before you tonight. Um, you know, she's just a se- she is a second-half kid. If you look at her stats, uh, her third quarters and fourth quarters are always uh, better than her first and second. So, um, you know, if she has a great first and second, then... That's that's we're excited about that because she just she just comes out of locker room better, which is nice. You had 16 points as well, or sorry, 18 points as well from Bryn Wagner tonight. Free throws for her were the key to that second half, getting the points, getting the easy points for Bryn Wagner tonight. Real key for your team's to win tonight. Yeah, no, the key was for her to get downhill on them and then them and force them to have to make that call. And when they did, you know, Bryn's a, a good shooter, so. Um, yeah, she knocked him down, but I think more than anything, it was her effort in getting her defense on her side. Let's talk briefly about how your defense came out tonight. and Going up against a tough Montrose team to open up league play, I thought your defense was really, really impressive out there, especially in that first half. Yeah, I think we could have talked better and rotated better and boxed out better. And so, um, good effort, uh, good team effort, uh, but definitely gave up some easy ones by just not rotating. All right, so as far as what's next for you, kind of the things you want to work on as, as you continue league play, you're going to see Montrose again, obviously, very soon. So I imagine a lot of the same things and just a lot of, uh, like you said, a lot better communication trying to go forward as uh, as league play continues for you. Um, just going forward, we just, we're just we trying to piece together a better game every time we play. You know, it's been a pretty rough preseason and uh, a lot of a huge learning curve, and we're just trying to just get better every single game and we're just trying to piece together something better every time we play on the floor well, absolutely well coach congrats on the win tonight best of luck going forward we'll talk to you again soon thank you appreciate it all right that is coach mary doan the head coach of the center all right uh, tyler france with mary doan last night so central boys they completed the sweep and against a montrose team for ryan boringer has been playing really well they're off to a nine and zero start but uh, last night the the central boys uh, behind 14 points from from cam redding uh, they take down the red hawks last night 43-31, great defensive effort by uh, Central last night. And after the game, Tyler had the chance to catch up with Warriors coach John Sedanich. We're joined now courtside by the head coach of the Central Warriors, John Sedanich. Two players tonight in double figures for you. Your uh, usual suspects, Cam Redding and uh, Ryland Nostrand. Coach, talk to me about, uh, particularly I want to talk about Cam Redding, Cam Redding's performance for you tonight uh, with, I believe, 14 was the number I had. And, a, a solid outing for him offensively and defensively, it seemed like. Yeah, um, I think three charges for Cam. <laughs> I think that's the thing that always impresses me the most about that kid. Is, he can take it. Yeah, even when he turns it over, you know, he's the first guy back. And, um, you know, he really is kind of the heart um, the heart of our team, keeps us going. And um, he's, uh, you know, attacking and um, getting his teammates involved and, um, yeah, just a great team effort, I thought, tonight. You know, as far as a team effort tonight, it's something that was clearly evident was that your your team wanted to play really good fundamental defense, lots of rebounds tonight for you. That, I had to imagine, was part of the message going into the game tonight, playing really good defense against an otherwise pretty capable scoring Red Ox team. Yeah, they, you know, they're big and strong, and Coach Vo does a great job with those kids, and you know, probably a little rust for them coming out of the break, and um, they'll they'll be they'll be better. I'm not uh, looking forward to going up there next time because um, they'll get after us. But yeah, I, you know, we 
really made it a conscious effort to try to take um, Caleb Ferguson out of the game. And I thought, you know, even Ryland with his 10 points, I thought he was incredible defensively. And uh, we helped and um, just a, a, a great team effort. You're going to see Montrose again very soon. I don't have the exact schedule. In yeah, front I of think me. we play Montrose twice before we even play anybody else in the league. So, <laughs> little, <laughs> so a little bit a, of a little weird, but I was going to say a little bit of a wonky start to the uh, league schedule. Yeah. But you know, it's always good, right? Getting that first league win, especially in front of your home crowd, especially, uh, especially, especially against a uh, team that up until tonight uh, was nine and zero for your for your basketball team. Yeah, I I just. You know, our, our boys kind of came back. The, the break was good for us, and uh, we got some rest, and they really came back with a, a really positive attitude at practice, and uh, I think it's showing on the floor right now. Well, Coach, congrats on the win tonight. Best of luck going forward. We'll talk to you again very soon. All right, thanks, Tyler. That is John Sedan. It's the head coach of the Central Warriors. All right, there's Tyler France in uh, postgame last night. Both Central basketball teams get the win against Montrose. Cam Redding with the 14 points. Played Central in the 43-31 victory. Warriors are now 6-5, and five, and Montrose loses their first game of the season. So uh, both Central teams off to a good start in Southwestern League play. Yeah, and that's, that's a big win over Montrose, too, because they're really the team that's kind of leading the way in the Southwestern League, at least last well, couple of years. Fruta is also there undefeated as well. League champions. Yeah. And you know, Montrose and Fruta, one of those teams, they haven't gotten Fruta yet. They get them coming up here in two weeks. All right. So we'll take a break. We'll come back with hour two. Jim Davis showing the team.